okay to do this? Are you mentally preparing yourself? I am mentally preparing with the thought of wrestling with Charlie mentally for the next hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Mental wrestling. Mental gymnastics. Grappling, yeah. Mental grappling. (laughs) Hello. And you know what? I think I'm going to say welcome to another edition of the Goveski Wallace Report. My name is still Adam Goveski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. So you, you had to decide whether or not to say welcome. There wasn't a foregone conclusion. Look, after 110 of these, you got to do something to make a difference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm open ideas if you want to try something else. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's another intro we could do? Um, greetings. Greetings and salutations. Here we are with hey, another... Every- <laughs> everybody, yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> See, we've <laughs> tried it. Episode of the Gomeski Walls Report. <laughs> episode 110, the intro show. <laughs> yeah, it's the episode for all those people out there who are looking for the first episode to listen to. You don't want to listen to episode one. So I think this is this will be a good intro episode. That should be our aim. So this is the reboot? Yes, exactly. We rebooted before. Have we actually rebooted before? Well, you did a We added theme music. That's about the extent of the reboot. <laughs> I guess we've gotten back to basics. I mean, we can have lots of div- yeah, we can have lots of different Spider Men, so we can have lots of different different versions right. of the GW report, right? Yes. <laughs> but how many of them are? How many of the episodes are canon though for the new listeners? Yeah, they have oh to- goodness. Yeah, it's probably that uh, this marks at the beginning of the new canon, but we may reference things from the old canon, but that just means that that makes them part of the new canon. Ah, oh, right. okay. the Disney Star Wars approach. <laughs> so we can choose what to bring along. Just just the good bits. Yep. Just the cloney bits. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the Baratudas. <laughs> oh, speaking of old canon that we're going to make new canon. Uh, I have a question. All right. Charlie. Shoot. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Eight. Eight before four. Eight. Uh, the simple passage of time has not changed my answer, although I have not seen any of the movies since I I made that choice. So you wouldn't expect much of a change. I have not seen it again. You maybe reflected on it and realized yeah. your enthusiasm had gotten away from you. It was so good. You decided to not watch it again. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Can never live up. Perfect moment. <laughs> I built it up in my head and it's. It's on its pedestal. It'll never be pushed off. <laughs> oh, P.S. We have two guests with us. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we have a longtime participant, Alex Clark. Hello. And we have longtime suffering wife of mine, Brianne Gobeski. Hi. <laughs> she sounds so suffering. <laughs> I mask it well. All right. Good, good, good. You two are officially in the new canon by being on this episode, so. Oh, sweet. That's true. Doug's oh. not in the new canon. Oh, do we reset all of the the episode wow. count? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's now, like a Marvel reboot. Doug has been in zero episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug's like the Mara Jade of the podcast. <laughs> Does that make Jason the Luke? Yeah, right. The clone <laughs> of Luke Skywalker? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess if we're going to introduce things into the canon, uh, I have this bag of chips to eat. Oh, oh wow. So, uh, so this is your chance, if you wish, to rename the segment. I mean, you could do that. Chipping with Adam? Or chipping for Charlie. Yeah. Oh, I don't wow. want to be for him. <laughs> for my benefit. You you can review it like, like Charlie would. You could rate it on a scale from zero to eight. <laughs> <laughs> A scale of ruffled to not ruffled. <laughs> All right. So welcome to Charlie reexamines his life choices involving chips. <laughs> All right. So I found a small bag of the new Doritos Blaze flavor. Oh. Which says on the back, intense flavor eruption, cataclysmic crunch, amped up fiery heat. It's like licking a volcano. Oh, my God. <laughs> See? I, I can verify that it does say it's like licking a volcano. So. Whoa. Don't. 
put your head, don't put your nose in too close there. It's too late. Oh very my god! Intense spice emanating from the bag. Hmm. Oh All my right, god! So you're gonna make me try this too, aren't you? Yeah, you gotta be my backup. All right. <laughs> hmm. Maybe Doug's right. Doug, the person who's never been on the podcast. <laughs> it's not as spicy as I intended. Holy crap, it's got a kick in the <laughs> final. <laughs> it hits her right in the back. It of really the does. <laughs> okay. Charlie's glad he missed this episode of Chip and Oh, Charlie. man, it keeps coming. <laughs> yeah, it's got a long-lasting Because it goes from the middle of your tongue, continuing down. Now it's up into my uvula and into my soft palate. That is a very interesting flavor experience right there. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty intense. Sorry. This is one that I I can't get away from if you insist, because this one is very widely available. I've seen it around, but I haven't tried it. I think you're going to have to. Well, Bran went for a, a super powdery one. <laughs> it's got a slightly sweet initial taste, mm-hmm. and then just like the, the spice hits you. I think Charlie needs to re-examine his life choices and try some of these chips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, how does it taste like compared to, there's like a, a sweet chili one. Yeah. Um, it starts out like it. It kind of starts out like it, although it's, um, it's a little more over pepper flavor. Hmm. Like it basically, it tastes like eating like a green pepper, almost like that initial bite. And then just like a, like it hits you just like a fairly intense spice. And just keep, it just stays there. It is still on my, like the entire back of my throat is on fire. It's actually not that bad once you sort of know what to expect. Right. You can brace yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think three is going to be my limit. <laughs> yeah. De- yeah, it definitely got that, like, green pepper taste. Mm-hmm. So, that's Doritos put- Blaze. And you sit here and face it towards me. No. thought you wanted more. No, I told you three was my limit. You're from Arizona. You love spice. <laughs> That's an overgeneralization. You're the one eating those awful chili chocolates. Okay, but those are good. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Not in this can. And I have it. <laughs> now I want a soda. That will be so good at some, cause some point we can have a that's... Go Bestie Chocolates <laughs> report battle where you two argue about whether it's good or not. Yeah. Hey, Alex. Yes. Do you want to introduce an, another old cannon thing into the new cannon? I'm bracing myself now. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I mean, I'm usually in charge of uh, making Charlie sing a song about uh, Adam's eating chip segment. Oh, okay. It could even be the new theme song for <laughs> Charlie. It could. You know, you know what? It really could. All right. When a problem comes wrong, sing a song about it. When I'm on the podcast, I have to sing a song about it. In the middle of a sentence, sing a song about it. Na 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 na. Sing a song about it. Sing a song about it. There we go. So this is called Charlie Reexamines His Life Choices, right? Via with regards to chips. Charlie Reexamines His Life Choices with regards to chips. All right, in the style of... It should be something hot and spicy, like a sort of a Latin beat. <laughs> okay. Like a uh, Ricky Martin's... Uh, All I can think of is Despachito. Or a... Uh, you could sing okay. it like uh, you could sing it like a Copa Cabana by Barry Manilow. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, that's good. I think we've done that one. I guess it's new canon though, right? We well, could do that, or you could do uh, Un Dos Tres uh, by La- the. Never mind. Come on, the Ricky play. Martin. No, oh. the Ricky Martin one. Oh, vi- <laughs> Living La Vida Loca. Oh, there you go, Living La Vida. Oh Loca. yeah, he's into new chip flavors. He's tried everyone <laughs> there is, but they come out with so many. <laughs> He's he's never going to hit the end. <laughs> you open up the bag and <laughs> you <laughs> your face gets hit it with the dust. <laughs> you want to eat just one but you can't. <laughs> I can't go that high. Stop yourself from eating all that's in the whole damn bag. <laughs> Charlie re-examines his life with regards to chips. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I was hoping you'd sing it a second time. Oh. (laughs) Charlie re-examines his life with regards to potato chips. 
It's not just potato chips. Corn chips. Corn chips. chips. Veggie chips. Bagel chips. Chocolate chips. Chocolate chips. Chocolate (laughs) chips. Oh, this is new canon. (laughs) (laughs) I got a I got a bag of the Hershey semi sweet. One hundred percent Keiko. Oh, semi sweet. Oh. (laughs) Well, maybe I can auto tune that or something and make a segment theme. I'm, I'm sure you could. <laughs> I'm sure one could do that. Yes. I think the most impressive thing, though, about the old canon was just realizing that Alex was more or less in key with the original when he did his <laughs> initial thing. Yeah. No, that was actually pretty good, which made it very strange when I tried to do another one later with my own voice. and was like, this doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> this was easy last time. So, Charlie, you have any topics for us? Um, no. I'm sorry. I'll I'll, I'll think of something. <laughs> so, what do y'all think of that new Roseanne reboot? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just did that to get that reaction from you. <laughs> I didn't watch the first one. There's no reason for me to watch the new one. Did you watch it? Uh, I actually did watch the first <laughs> two episodes of it. I find it strange that everyone seems to be latching onto it and trying to ascribe very specific points of view to it. Well, I think that's because Roseanne Barr has very specific points of view. I think that's probably it. But I think by watching the show and seeing how the writing is, it kind of falls in the middle. And I think that's what actually angers a lot of people about it, is that it refuses to be ultra liberal or even like super conservative so was it at the time no well no it was i would say it was fairly liberal show for the time sort of i mean it was yeah yeah, yeah. In, in some regards like, at least. Yeah. in some regards not all regards actually most episodes didn't really touch one way or the other but i just feel like most of those sitcoms were pretty liberal at that time well yeah they're made by hollywood true <laughs> <laughs> can't uh, all be last man standing Except, you know, Married for Children, probably, right? That's actually another show I never watched, so I don't know anything really about it beyond the parodies. I don't know. That one was just kind of its own little realm. I don't even know if it was conservative or liberal. Although, when I was watching it, I don't think I knew the difference. I would think it was just a deeply, deeply cynical show. That's all you can really say about it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I just remember the episode where Al was on hold for the entire episode (laughs) for like days and days on end. And he kept on putting it, he kept on telling them all the information about himself to this automated voice. And then they eventually used that information to figure out exactly who he was. <laughs> and then he said, oh, I need to go get my credit card or something. And then his son hung up the phone while he went to get his credit card. So he had to start over. That's what, that's my story about <laughs> Married with Children. Mm. Is this a new segment? This Charlie on, recounts. This week on Charlie recaps the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Nice companion piece to Paul explains the internet. Yep. Yeah. Not that we know what that is. No, exactly. Charlie, what yeah. do you Charlie, what do you know about parachute pants? <laughs> They're in. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Hey, it's new canon. In the nineties, they're in. I suppose that's true for a small portion of the nineties. I'm not sure I ever witnessed anyone wearing parachute pants, besides television. Did you ever see anyone in real life? I was young enough where I don't think that was like something that kids had access to. I don't really know if adults did. I mean, I the closest was seeing kids wearing parachute starter jackets, but that's about it. Oh, yeah. Those giant starter jackets with like teams on them and they had massive pockets and zippers and things. Yeah, I had one of those. I think my brother did. Lions? I was Pistons. Oh, oh okay. yeah. I had a Red Wings jacket before. It was like Lions, then Red Wings, then Pistons. So. I think my brother's at a Broncos. Because he couldn't bear to be a Cardinals fan. At the time, yeah. <laughs> Could be. So, given that this is the brand new canon, we should probably talk about something we've never talked about before. Ooh. So let's talk about video games. No, oh, okay. <laughs> so my idea was, are there any video games that you regret never beating? I had hmm. thought of two. The uh, first one was the uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. I never got around to beating that. And why do you regret not beating that? Well, I've also purchased the game again and still 
quit in the same spot. <laughs> Finding all the fairies in the stupid temples was so annoying. And it just feels like, like you have to literally start over every single, like start the entire game over almost every single time. You just get sick of it at some point and give up. How good of a game it was. People hated it at the time, but it's just like people seem to like it now. And I still can't get myself through it. I feel the same way about it, except I don't regret not beating it. <laughs> I, I do actually regret not beating Wind Waker because I actually really enjoyed Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. And I probably played it for like three weeks in like 2003. And then I got a girlfriend and so consequently didn't end up playing it for about four months, I would say. And then by the time like... That ended and then, you know, came back to the game and I had no idea what was going on. So didn't play it more than like 10 minutes. Yeah, I I would say, I don't know. I don't think you should. I don't think either of you should regret not finishing it. I did finish it and I don't feel particularly accomplished for having done so. <laughs> Wind Waker or Majora's Mask? Uh, sorry, Majora's Mask. Yeah, I watched you beat it one time. Yeah, we all. I think we all did. Oh, yeah. 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 OK, I didn't even remember that. Because you needed to get the last mask right to be able to do more damage to the final enemy. Yeah, which involved yes. getting all of the masks, I think. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Which I didn't want to take the time to figure out. And I didn't want to have to look stuff up to and like, you know, read about how to accomplish the storylines. Yeah. Yeah, and I never finished Wind Waker either. My brother had a GameCube and I never did. So I think I played it over summer break and lost access to the game. So that's another one I haven't finished. A lot of Zelda games. Yeah. Well, not beating Majora's Mask kind of ended my playing of Zelda games. I didn't play any of the ones after that. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. I mean, I really liked like Link to the Past and like the 2D Zelda. Okay. If they made a newer game that was 2D like that, I would think it would be pretty cool. They did. It's called The Link Between Worlds. Link Between Worlds. All right. It's a this? 3DS, so it's a portable. That's 3DS. the downside. All right. There we go. But it basically plays very similar to Link to the Past. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. I did beat that one. In the old canon, you could hear the ending of the game in one of the episodes. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the old canon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, sorry. Uh, Gobeski Wallace Report Legends, I think is the term. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, I didn't know this was a reboot. <laughs> I wasn't prepped for this. I don't think any of us were. It just took us by surprise. Yeah, yeah. But is this a dark, gritty reboot of the podcast? Uh, like more dirt involved? More sand that gets yeah. everywhere? Yeah. It's so coarse and grainy. Yeah. <laughs> I like you. Yeah, I've been been heavily into the uh, the Star Wars despecialized editions. Okay, which are basically an effort to redo the the non George Lucas special <laughs> editions, but in like high def. So they basically it's like a combination of various sources. But in doing that, like it kind of led me down the rabbit mm-hmm. hole of like, well, what else is available? And I tried to see if the Attack of the Clones IMAX cut is available because I that apparently cuts out a lot of that Padme Anakin romance. All right, really? But it, yeah, because they apparently there's an absolute limit on how long an IMAX movie can be. Really? And so really? they had to cut down a lot of stuff to. I think it has to. It, at the time, it had to do with like how many of the platters, right? Because IMAX works differently from regular film. Right? So how many of the platters right. it could fit on the projector or whatever before it, it wouldn't take anymore. But apparently, uh, no one actually knows for certain what was cut and what was left. Like they have general ideas like of people reporting like this scene's missing, this scene's missing, this scene's mm-hmm. missing, but no one like actually yeah. for sure knows. So yeah. I, it doesn't seem like anyone's attempted a, an IMAX cut of Attack yeah. of the Clones. I, I know I downloaded one which had the first uh, all three prequels cut into like one movie that was like two hours long. Yeah, that I know was there's right. a lot of fan cuts. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I got one of those. It was pretty good. Okay. I mean, I want to say episode one lasted about fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pointed out there's almost nothing in episode one you need to understand any of the subsequent movies. You wouldn't even have to know Kwai Ganjin existed, even though they reference him in the later movies. Right. So I think be the, some like lost Jedi, you know. Well, I think that the one or two times they directly reference him, it's more or less clear from context. Also, uh, good news, Alex, your your roommates are in canon now. <laughs> oh, they are. That's good. They are canon. All right. Oh, so you said you had two games. What was the other game? Oh, it was uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Oh. Which, as in regret, regret not beating, I didn't even start. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but after suffering through the second half of Final Fantasy XV, I'm like, you know, I, I kind of probably could have made it through eight. You know, I'd heard eight was bad. Uh, just the gameplay, you could play the game in a way that made it really easy. 
I think I only ever played about 20 minutes of eight. All right. Yeah. Eight's strange in that the enemies level up with you. So, yeah, you could just perpetually fight in the first area if you wanted and get up to yeah. the highest level. It's actually Kara's favorite Final Fantasy game, and she has not finished really? it. She is at the last dungeon. And the problem right. is not that she couldn't beat the final boss. It's there's like an Ultima weapon that's like near the front of it All right. that she hasn't beat. <laughs> like it's an optional boss. <laughs> And she hasn't gotten past that. So every once, every couple of years, she'll bring it. We'll bring out the PS2 and she'll do her best. <laughs> but it's one of those ones where you've got to do weird combo stuff in order to actually make it work. It's like not right, yeah. a straightforward process. Yeah. Similarly, one of my other regrets is never beating Final Fantasy VII because there's one point where you have to basically play like a strategy game and there's a bunch of dudes climbing up a mountain and you got to make sure they don't come up it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I vaguely, that, remember, yeah. I vaguely yeah. remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I beat it, then played it for about another 45 minutes without saving, uh-huh. and then got killed. Nice. And then so reloaded and realized I was there. And oh. said, uh, I'll just do this later, and yeah. still haven't yeah. 20 years yeah. later or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I played most of the rest of the ones, and I just, I didn't play 13 at all, but I watched my roommates play it, and it, would, it looked awful. So oh, yeah. I passed up 13. It's like RPG on rails. Yeah. 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 It looked pretty miserable. And 15, 15, the first like six to 10 hours of the game was really good. Like it's a really good game. And then you realize it's kind of half a game. It's just the same thing for the next 10 hours. And then you can do all the other stuff. I mean, I didn't get any of the DLC or anything, but like there's another like 60 hours of all the exact same stuff. And I'm like, yeah, if you could have just kept what you had going in the beginning, it would have been a great game. But so. It's worth it if you have your Xbox One to play, uh, to play 15. Because it's probably gotcha. cheap now. Well, I'd have to get an Xbox One first. That too. Yep. Which will happen at some point, I'm sure, but hasn't yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. Once you red ring again, you'll you'll upgrade. I think you can play most of the 360 arcade on it as well. I just, I just uh, uh, you know, we recently got a Wii U instead. So. Uh, all right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't been on my Wii U in a little while. So. Yeah, it's pretty send fun. Me, send me those levels you made if you had Mario Maker. I actually have not gotten Mario Maker yet. Ah. So. Oh. All right. That's the only game I have. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of playtime in that game. Yeah. Been playing a lot of Mario Kart and uh, Smash Brothers. All right. All right. Pikmin 3. And Brand's been playing Pikmin 3. What about you, Charlie? Um, the one that comes to mind is Kingdom Hearts 2. It's the same thing as Kara. I got to the final dungeon and then I don't know what happened. Maybe it was just like I was moving out of the dorms or something or but I know I know exactly where I was and I just never finished it and I no particular reason why it was a good game i just i just had one pop in my head it was perfect dark i didn't beat perfect dark and perfect agent mm. oh yeah and, and i well i had downloaded it for the xbox right right the 360 arcade and i was just playing through the game on double o agent and i think i'm like two from the end but the problem is is that i've had it set it down for so long that like coming back to it i like i don't think i could like pick up there that would just be in a spot where i just I would be stuck at a level for like way too long yeah perfect dark is <laughs> one of those games that i never beat past agent so when I got it for the 360, I played through Secret Agent uh-huh. and got to the last level. And then, I mean, it's one of those levels, right, that you have to basically know exactly what's happening. And you sort of make incremental progress every time you play. Oh, the one with all the aliens running around? The yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, uh. That last boss is annoying, too. Yeah. So I haven't gotten to that yet. And it's probably been a while since I played that. I mean, we played it with Doug and Charlie. Yeah. We played the challenges a little bit at one point. So. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Which, yeah, uh, Doug apparently had never played Perfect Dark before. Wow, really? And so he spent a lot of that first session, that session we played, just like complaining about the controls. <laughs> Where he oh. was just like, uh, what do you mean I can't jump? How do I climb up things? <laughs> <laughs> it's his pre-Halo game, I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, on the arcade, 360 arcade, you can... Alter the controls to be more like modern, like first-person shooter games. Yeah, unlike how they were on the N64. That's why I played it on the arcade instead of the N64 that I have because it like it just goes along more with how shooting games are now. Yeah, you know, mechanics. Sure modded my controls yeah. the same way. Like I can't imagine playing it on the N64. It's like strafing with the C buttons. Yeah, getting one quarter of the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, with bigger TVs, it's not as big a deal now. It's oh true. yeah, I suppose yeah. That'd be like the size of a regular TV before. <laughs> Brian, any games? The ones that I was, I had a couple. Resident Evil Director's Cut. 
I think was one of the big ones that I kind of wish I would have finished, but I never did, especially since I'm such a Resident Evil fan. Um, I don't know. Has anyone else here played that? Uh, I played maybe an hour of that. Because I and got... I, the, the, the camera angles, I think, just did it for me. I was just like, I don't want to play this. Where it was just like, oh, I'm being attacked and killed because the camera's in a crappy position. And I got really far with it. And then I got to a point where I couldn't find stupid save ribbons because you had to have like typewriter cartridges. Yeah. And then you had to go find a typewriter. So even if you found the typewriter, if you didn't have a save cartridge, you couldn't actually save the game. And so then it got to a point where I was just like, well, I'm in a horribly hard spot and I haven't saved the game because I can't find the stupid cartridges or I can't find a stupid typewriter. And then it just got to the point where I just gave up. So it was one of my first games that I'd ever played, but I never actually finished it. And then the other one I think was, I don't think I ever finished Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You did not. I got to the final boss with that one. Yeah, I watched you play that final boss over and over and over again and i never saw you beat it no and i think that was on the original xbox yes mm. and it was one where buffy fought herself no oh. i could not beat myself <laughs> and no matter how hard i tried i could not win and i'd get just a little bit closer and then i'd die but i don't know the end of the game and then i never went off to chaos bleeds which is the second one because i never finished the first one no because <laughs> i'm a completist so, but I'm assuming no one's else played Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I so, didn't know it existed. That's kind of neat. There are two. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Xbox exclusive. So, yeah. And I think it kind of went away because we didn't, it didn't, the 360 wouldn't play it. Yeah. It's not a backwards compatible title with the 360. Some of the original Xbox games are, but I don't think that one was. But that one was. I think I've... the sequel was, but not the original. So then I tried to go back and try to replay the first one one more time just to see if I could finally beat the boss and I still couldn't do it. And I said, screw it, sadly. So that was probably the most, the saddest one that I never finished. I was so close. <laughs> Although I have this thing where I don't tend to finish games in general, so. Yeah, but you can finish games and not regret it, right? True. Like, I don't regret not beating Final Fantasy V because I got to the last boss and was just like, you know what? I, I, I made it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> well, because you, you get stuck in this area where none of the enemies you can fight give you experience points. They all give you ability, like job points that you don't need. You need experience points to level up. But you can't go out of that area. You can't leave it. So it kind of just got this. I just was stuck. I was like, well, okay. You know what? Close enough. (laughs) I think the original Final Fantasy for the NES, my brother played all the way through it and didn't beat the final boss. And then I just decided one day, despite the fact I'd never played it, to play his file and beat the final boss. (laughs) <laughs> so i think between us we've completed it but i mean i know it never beat full throttle the adventure game oh yeah i yeah that i actually kind of regret that one a little bit too because That's it was funny the only lucas arts adventure game i didn't beat i guess i didn't beat uh some of the early ones like zach mccracken or i mean you know i never beat maniac mansion but well there, there's not a lot of regret to not being a kk that game was really yeah, tough exactly i've watched speed runs of uh maniac mansion before I imagine with the right characters, that's a probably a pretty quick speed run. Yeah, I think they do it in like four or five minutes. Seems to me you could do the like the call the police version or something. Yeah, I watched someone speed run Sim City and Maniac Mansion at the same time <laughs> <laughs> while dabbing every minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, well they they use the they use the tax glitch in Sim City, right? Ah, but then have to let it sit for enough time to build up the money mm-hmm. so that they can then build over the whole map. And then during that time, they fired up Maniac Mansion and beat Maniac Mansion. And then came back <laughs> as the city's population got to like 500,000 and they beat Sim City. <laughs> nice. But Maniac Mansion's a fun game. It is. Did you, did you play Day of the Tentacle? Or is that the sequel? Right? I did. I did. I played and beat Day of the Tentacle, which is definitely a far more accessible game. Oh, yeah. That was a fun so. game. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. They actually uh, recently remastered that on Steam. I think I bought the Day of the Tentacle remastered when it was on Steam sale at one point, but I haven't actually played it yet. Because I've been slowly working through Grim Fandango remastered instead. Oh yeah, me too. That's a game I did beat, but I've been trying to run through it. When I think about it, there was a time when I was doing lots of uh, Steam games, but then I started playing Fez and that ultimately pissed me off. (laughs) I kind of stopped playing Steam games in general. Yeah, Fez is fun for like a while until you have to get like the handful of anti cubes at the end that involve doing all the stupid linguistic puzzles that aren't really linguistic. It's all like cipher based. Like some of those right are just annoying. Like there's one in the 
telescope room that I'd have no idea what to do. And then there was another one with a clock where I apparently had to come back at exactly the right time. And oh, it wasn't yeah. going to be any time soon. I was like, uh, F this. One way you can do that, although I think I did wait for the correct time, was you can set the Xbox time to whatever you want. And then the game interprets that to, to be the actual time. Well, except I'm on Steam, which is on a oh, Steam. Windows computer. Oh, right. So, uh, so you can't. <laughs> no. Yeah, I just opened up my Steam account to add Day of the Tentacle to the wish list. Yeah. The it, uh, they have Maniac Mansion as well. Uh, I don't know what version it is. I right? don't I don't know if it's in remastered. It might be. But I know that in the original Day of the Tentacle, uh-huh. Maniac Mansion was included in it as a free game. Oh, wow. All right. Like if you went into Weird Ed's room and logged uh-huh. onto his computer, you could play Maniac Mansion. <laughs> nice. I don't know if that's in remastered, yeah. but I know it was in the original. Also note, my Steam account has zero games, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not much of the PC gamer. Yeah, I'm not either. But sometimes the Steam styles, it's like, oh, here's like a handful of games I actually wanted to play. And then like you're like, oh, this game's also cheap. Like, uh, you know, I got Fez that way. I picked up the Octo Dad game on a whim for that reason. <laughs> and that's kind of entertaining. That's the one where you're uh, an octopus trying to pretend to be a person. All right. But like each of like the trigger buttons like controls a tentacle and you have to try and walk using those buttons and it's you know very very difficult to do if i ever played quap qwop no No. don't know about that oh all right it's a game where you're a sprinter and the letters on your keyboard qwop kind of like operate their legs but it's hard to tell exactly how they work you have to press each button for like so long but if you fall to the ground it ends your like run Hmm. I've never made it more than like three meters out of the hundred meter dash. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. That sounds yeah. fun. Looks like it's uh 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Browser game. So we yeah. can put a link in the, the blog post. Yeah. But along the same lines, Adam, one that I game, I regret not finishing was the dig, which I started because I got it on steam. I got a little ways into it and actually made a breakthrough where I actually got past a part that I had been stuck on for a while. And I don't know. I need to go back to it. Was it the turtle? Uh, no, I don't even think I met to the turtle yet. It uh, was the, tur- the turtle puzzle is the worst puzzle in that game. I think it was powering up the the dig site, basically. I did beat the dig. I, I beat I have beat just about every LucasArts adventure game after like Loom, uh, with the exception of Full Throttle. And it may literally just be Full Throttle is the only LucasArts game i haven't beaten i never beat tales of monkey island the telltale one they came out with but it's still on my list like it's i haven't given up on it yet speaking of computer software games the other one that i that i had was um sierra game uh the most recent space quest game the most recent space quest game which is still like 25 years old at least so the oldest (laughs) the the new (laughs) The newest Space Quest game. I remember so badly wanting to beat it because I've beaten all the rest of the Space Quests. They were some of my favorites with Roger Wilco. And in true Sierra fashion, if you get, I remember getting to this one location and I didn't have a piece of gum or something. I was like, I just didn't have one thing that I didn't capture. But then, of course, because you did auto saves, I can't go back to go get said piece. In, like I said, in true Sierra fashion. So I remember doing the entire game, finding a walkthrough online, and I was like, I am determined to seriously beat this game from start to finish. I don't care if I was going going to, um, I didn't care how long it was going to take me, but I was going to do it with the walkthrough. I did it with the walkthrough. I got to the exact same freaking spot, and I didn't have some other piece that I needed. And the walkthrough never told me that I needed to get it. And at that point, I threw my hands up in the air and said, forget it. It was not meant to be. I was never meant to save Roger Wilco, and he was going to die on some planet somewhere. Sadly, that was another sad one. And I tried so hard <laughs> to beat it. I even cheated to beat it. And it, my dad was really big into them. So, since it wasn't really cool for girls to play, you know, video games, but computer games seemed to be okay because I could shut my door and play them in my room, and nobody knew that I was playing them. Um, and. <laughs> It was fun to play those because my dad played them too. So it was what kind are of, you doing in there? Nothing. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> save, 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 save. Um, but it was something my dad and I would do together. And I remember finding my dad's old laser suit or laser suit Larry games and not understanding what was going on <laughs> with the <laughs> and not understanding why what the pixels were doing. 
<laughs> on numerous occasions <laughs> they'd have pixelated scenes in a pixelated game that were pixelated out <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> which when I got older and I found them again and I was able to convert them and watch it I would about die laughing thinking this is what the big deal was <laughs> but yeah that's how I kind of played through those because like I said that was really all I had access to now it's different yeah now you're playing Pikmin 3 yes <laughs> to gather all that fruit Try not to let my little guys get eaten. It's really sad. The anteater comes along and just sucks them all up. You're like, no, I worked so hard to get those guys. So, eight? Yeah. Eight, Charlie. <laughs> eight. That's, that's new canon, I guess. It's here. <laughs> eight. eight. I guess that would have been the opportunity for me to yeah, completely wipe clean my ratings and start fresh. Yeah, you could have just gone two, three, one. The order is one, two, three, four. <laughs> the series went straight downhill <laughs> so charlie yes movies on netflix real movies or no short answer um or do you want me to do the whole so spielberg a few weeks ago <laughs> uh yeah i thought we we're gonna transition from from the dig straight into this t- oh. which we could have done but could have done, yeah. Because <laughs> um, uh, the dig was based on an idea from Steven Spielberg that he initially was apparently going to turn to a movie and then decided this would probably make a better game. So he talked to his buddy George Lucas, who directed him to Lucas Arts and the Adventure Department, and I think he'd seen like Monkey Island at this point, so he knew what was going on. I was reminded on Twitter too, like if people had any question about Steven Spielberg's video game cred for making. Ready Player One. That he was involved in Boom Blocks. Did you ever play Boom Blocks? Uh, no. It was like I a Wii game, and it says specifically at the top of it, Steven Spielberg's Boom Blocks. It's just this weird game where you throw blocks at other blocks. It's kind of like Angry Birds, honestly. I uh, I played ET for the oh, yeah. <laughs> Was he involved in that at all, or was that just a straight up uh, cash grab by uh, an unaffiliated? He, he he was sort of initially involved. He apparently wanted essentially to make a Pac-Man clone. Oh. Hmm. And then the designer was like, no, we could do a much better game. And problem is he only had five weeks. I've actually seen a cool thing online that basically fixes, quote unquote, E.T. to make it better. They, they basically said there's like two main problems with E.T. And the first problem is that the collision detection is actually pixel perfect with regards to et but we don't actually want it to be pixel perfect we want it to just be like his body so like if his head touches a pit he'll fall into the pit but like we instinctively don't want that so if you just adjust like the collision parameters in the code like you can fix that and stuff and you can you know make the the timing a little better and adjust the difficulty a bit as necessary so it was kind of interesting to see because their argument was like, E.T. isn't inherently a bad game. It's just, a, it suffers from basically no time to do any Q&A, QA on it. So. Q&A? QA. QA. Yeah. QA. QA. I know what you said, Q. Never mind. Quality assurance? Yes. You originally said Q&A. I know. And then I said QA, and he'll cut it so it sounds like QA. Quality assurance. And he can cut this whole conversation. Quality assurance. This, this would have been a way better song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should hear it. Maybe we should hear Charlie sing it. Why do I have to sing it? Because <laughs> the segment in the canon is Charlie sings a song about it. Oh, you've changed the you've changed the segment now. <laughs> okay, this is Q and A versus Q A, and yeah. it's in the style of. Uh, it is in the style of. I got a feeling by the black eyed peas. <laughs> I believe it starts. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. Is it Q&A or QA? Is there really much of a difference? Or are we going to be semantic about this <laughs> abbreviation? Is it quality assurance or is it quality and assurance? Is it questions and answers or quality answers? Nobody really knows. We gotta find out what is going on with this QA or QA. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah, so speaking of Spielberg <laughs> video games. <laughs> so uh, oh, Spielberg yeah. recently came out with a movie called Ready Player One that I have no interest in seeing. No, not none whatsoever. Uh, beyond sort of the morbid curiosity, just because people keep talking about it. No, not really. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did, did you see I, it? I did see it. And am I correct in this? You are. Cor- I'm sure whatever your opinion is, it's probably correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, di- I didn't see it either. Probably because it's a movie. <laughs> but you have those free tickets. I do. I still haven't used them. <laughs> if not now, when? Still sitting on two. <laughs> I'm currently reading the book, so I'm waiting t- to get through the book before I see the movie. Wait for it to come out on Netflix. Yeah, the book is, I think the easiest way to put it is it's it's entertaining, but it's not good. <laughs> That's what I'll say about it. I really enjoyed reading it. But when I was done, I was kind of like, what is this? So it's like junk food? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's the way I felt about the movie, too. Uh, so another thing that came up as a result of various Q&As and interviews that Steven Spielberg has done recently is that... Q&As or Q&As? <laughs> <laughs> It's a general quality assurance of the whole movie industry. <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg has stated that he does not believe that that Netflix movies are movies, i.e. movies that premiere only on a streaming service. I think. I didn't read the full article, but is he making the distinction between movies that have... I might have to read the article in order to figure out exactly what he means here. Like, is he talking about things that are only on Netflix or is he talking about things that premiere elsewhere and that are owned by Netflix? I believe he's talking about movies that premiere on Netflix. Like, yeah, I would imagine oh, that. Premiere, like, okay. like, right. Or gotcha. any of the various Adam Sandler projects. Sure. Because there's lots of stuff that Netflix buys and then puts on their streaming network after the fact. But um, yeah. But what, what is but this, the, like what, the ones that are like Netflix originals, technically? What, like what is this Netflix mute? you speak of? <laughs> yeah, that's old canon. So uh, we have to reintroduce know, what Netflix is. I'm like uh, over a year removed from Netflix. So how is it? Uh, Do you miss it at all? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't watching it then. That's why I canceled it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. yeah, there's more money in your pocket. I don't even know if, know if the new new season of Arrested Development came out. But... It has not yet. No. Okay, that's probably the only thing I will miss. Well. uh Feel free to let one of us know. I'm sure we'll give you access. Yeah, that's true. But what are your feelings on streaming movies, Charlie? Movies or TV movies? Uh, I mean, it's since you said you I had just opinions. don't see. I don't. I don't see the reason to make the distinction. I so the impetus behind it is that if it doesn't get a release in theaters, then it's not a movie, and I can understand that, especially for somebody who grew up on film and that's the way you saw it and it's a different experience when you see something projected on the screen with the sound system with other people around you and you make an effort to go see that one thing um but so so made for tv movies or not movies i mean that's the argument like the 90s that's or what about uh what about straight to vhs movies straight to vhs sequels would also not be a movie under this definition because i think that's the distinction he's making what about what about your definition oh okay um good question yeah like uh made yeah, for tv movie we'll start I with think, that i think it counts okay i about, think it has uh, to be the proper length that has to be i don't know it has to be the proper length i think does it maybe have to be standalone not that it can't have sequels or other movies that it depends on but it can't just be incomplete so so you're drawing a distinction between a tv movie and a mini series or something yeah yeah i think that'd be the only reason to even define it that what, way so, so i don't i don't actually time, what about like straight to vhs little mermaid 2 no no hold on before we get to there like what about like all the lifetime original movies ah, that's those count as movies into. yeah 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 lifetime original what? movies are, are they those Christmas movies, movies or are they not movies i think they're movies okay so i don't have the same issues that steven spielberg has i say they're movies <laughs> i'm i'm coming at it from his perspective um so so, so i those have movies I, should be eligible for oscars and things well, no. I mean, the def. Well, wait. Why the eligibility not? for movies. Well, the it's never been a question of movie or not movie whether you're eligible for Oscars. There's been specific criteria which isn't trying to. You have to play in a certain for in the theaters in I believe Los Angeles County for a certain number of days. I think that's what it is, and I'm not saying that that's. I don't think that the Academy Awards defined what's a movie or not. I'm. 
I think they have criteria about whether what they find is eligible, but I don't think they define what a movie is or isn't. Just like I don't think whether something can be in a film festival defines whether it is a movie or isn't. But so we could play TV series and film festivals. Sure. Why not? I mean, like we could have a film festival of Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes. <laughs> sure. If it's on it's film. Watching. Sure. It's a little, it's a, Wait, why does it have to be on film? Okay, it doesn't have to be in film. I mean, it can be digital. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> there's movies that are digital. But I mean, I've gone to film festivals where even those films are not, you know, feature length. No, I don't think they have to be feature length. But they're length. still, right. So the argument being that they have to be a certain length or that they have to be. Okay, so that doesn't have to be a certain length. It has to be, see, I don't know. I, I mean. So what makes a movie a movie? What makes a movie different from a TV show? Yeah does not rely on a television show relies on the other episodes that surround it. There's not, I don't think there's anything that's, I guess besides something that's just a pilot that never went to series. I don't think there's a, such a thing as a television show that only has one episode. And if it was meant only to have one episode, you wouldn't call it a TV show. Yeah. But Star Wars has like eight episodes now with the eighth <laughs> one being the best according to you. Sure. But each movie stands by itself. So it could be viewed. So by is itself. your argument that movie serials aren't movies? <laughs> like movie like serials, Flash, like like Flash Gordon, like uh, Buck Rogers. But you could watch any one of America those without the context of the other ones, and you'd be fine. You could watch an episode of a TV show without the context of the other episodes, and be fine. I've seen Adventure Time. I don't think you need to know what's going on in any of the other episodes. So you're are you are you all arguing for Steven Spielberg then? Is that what you're doing? Or are you just arguing, arguing against against, you. against whatever <laughs> I happen to choose as the definition? <laughs> this is that uh this grappling <laughs> we're talking about at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I mean, I do actually think I agree with Steven Spielberg on some level. Uh, I think I, I think streaming movies should be their own category. I don't think they should be considered in the same category as Theatrical. projected theatrical releases. i i agree with that i don't think i don't think the proper way to frame the argument is say that things aren't movies i think the proper way to say it is that things should be eligible or not eligible or certain types of i don't know because no they're I, not eligible because they're not movies charlie keep up <laughs> <laughs> you never answered alex's straight to dvd vhs question i think right. i think those are movies should they be uh considered movies Sure, they should be considered movies. I don't think that should make them eligible for Academy Awards. Well, it's the same thing with like the Tonys. Only specific musicals get qualified don't to be the Tonys. Right. Like they have to have run so long on Broadway. I mean, they can't, you just can't have any new musical being eligible for the Tonys. But that's a different format. <laughs> Not if you're going for like the EGOT. Who's the guy that just laughed everyone on the EGOT? Oh, really? Somebody's got two. Two EGOTs? Someone had someone just got two full EGOTs. Oh wow! At the last uh, Academy Awards, I think. Wow! I don't remember who it is offhand, but uh, see now I gotta look. Probably someone who does music arrangement. Uh, something like that. Composer, I want to say. I'd say that'd probably be the easiest way to go about getting an EGOT. Doing EGOT. it by acting would be ridiculously hard. Egotistico fantistico. <laughs> I think EGOT Gene. Yeah. Robert Lopez is the person who has multiple EGOTs. He's the only person to have more than one EGOT. Oh, that's awesome. He, he just got one. He got an Oscar for Coco for the composer that's songs awesome. for Coco. So he's also the youngest person to have won an EGOT. He's the quickest person to have won an EGOT and the only person to have done it multiple times. Wow. He also did uh, like Book of Mormon and things. Avenue Q. So no, no, you bring up good points about basically any definition you can come up with could be undermined in some way and it's very nebulous what you define or don't define as a movie but if the real i think the real question or the real problem he's trying to address is that what happens when these types of entertainment are designed for a streaming service instead of to be played in theaters and how does that change the way they're made i mean you get you get bright is what you get which i haven't seen but i was told it's not even worth hate watching bright <laughs> Yeah, so I hear. But I mean, in principle, right, there's nothing about Bright that isn't made the same way as a regular movie, right? I assume I assume the way they film and edit and 
post-produced Bright was the same as the way they filmed. That may be true for Bright, but if the trends continue, then why would that be the case? If you know that it's only going to be streaming, then of course all those processes would be different. You'd be making it for a for televisions but in some regard aren't you making movies for televisions somehow i mean maybe you are the other side of this argument but (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe you do have to think about that eventually but the perils of grappling with charlie right now it's right now if you're making something for the theater you're thinking about television second whereas it would probably be it could potentially be the other way around if you want to make a movie that is just for streaming then you think about making it on television first and then it is a tv movie and then well, so you're arguing that TV movies are different from movies. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I feel like movie is an overall encompassing word. And then you have subsets of movie. You have the TV movie. You've got the theatrical movie, your streaming movie, which is kind of like the TV movie. Right. You have... Some sort of weird art film. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that they're all movies to me. Like I can't I have a hard time differentiating between yeah. You know, giving saying, well, this is a movie and this is not a movie. I can say that this is not a theatrical movie if it wasn't released in a theater. That's a good point. Are they all talkies? <laughs> not necessarily, but generally, yes. It's not a movie if it doesn't have a script. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Paul Feig movie. <laughs> <sighs> I guess that just about wraps it up for another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. A uh, very special thanks to our guest, Brianne Gobeski. Thanks for having me. And Alex Clark. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you next time in our brave new future. I'm Adam Kabeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. That's our show. Thanks for listening. We hope you check us out. Don't forget you can visit our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. Also, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure to look for us there for extra entertaining bits. You will be entertained possibly wait so you're definitely entertained but only possibly entertained well i don't want to get sued for false advertising (laughs) now anything can happen on the kobeski wallace report anything anything wow including charlie singing a new outro song Okay, in the style of the old one? The, the old one, our trust song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> now we're done with the show. We hope you had a great time, and you hope we come back to join us next time, and we'll have some more great bits and segments for you, and maybe some more singing the song, probably three times per episode, because this is the new <laughs> canon. <laughs> Yay, we did it. Yay. Thanks a lot. <laughs>